Do you love to travel and save money? Or do you wish you could travel but money is holding you back? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Families Fly Free podcast, where I show you how to fly your family free forever using my simple fly free formula. I'm your host, Lynn Mettler. My family of four has mastered the art of flying free as simply as possible since 2015, and I want to show your family how to do it too. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the Families Fly Free podcast. And those of you who are watching the video version, welcome. Um, so I know that lots of my listeners and followers and members love to cruise and they want to use their flying free knowledge to get to ports where they can hop on board their next cruise ship. Um, and since cruising is not my area of expertise, um, I thought we would bring on a cruise expert to give us some tips and we kind of will dive into all things cruising and how to save on cruises and that good stuff. So today I have with me Sherry Griffiths and Sherry is with Cruise Tips TV where they give practical tips and advice to both new cruisers and seasoned cruisers. And Sherry has been all over the world cruising and um, is often quoted in news outlets around the globe. So Sherry, I'm going to have you start by telling us a little bit more about yourself. Tell us your cruising style, if you have a style, and how you got into cruising. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on, Lynn. It will be my pleasure. I love cruise travel. And I got into cruising when I went on my first cruise in 1991, which was a high school graduation present for my mom. So I'm kind of dating myself, but it was on a, you know an old carnival ship. It was me, my mom, and my brother sharing a stateroom. We had the bunk beds. You know, it was really old school cruising. So I took quite a hiatus from cruising for quite a while until I got married, met my husband. And I always say to him, you know, when we get to that point in our life where we can afford to travel, um, when we're not that starving student mode anymore, I'd love to take you on a cruise. So back in 2003, he and I went on our first cruise together, actually it was on Diamond Princess. Mm -hmm. And that was a nice seven night cruise down to the Mexican Riviera. And he fell in love with it as much as I already knew I loved cruising. He absolutely fell in love with kind of the tradition of it, dressing up for dinner, walking out on the decks, just all of those real traditional elements of being connected to the sea. So about 10 years later, fast forward, we had a child kind of settled into both of our professional careers, and we decided that we had something to share with the world about cruising. So we decided to start making YouTube videos for people who might like to hear a little bit about what we had to say about packing and things like that. So we started off with very basic packing tips. And then as we progressed a few years later, our community said, hey, we want you to turn the camera around and vlog your trips. And we thought, oh my gosh, no way. We're not gonna, we're not gonna do that. You, you don't wanna see us on a cruise. But they kept asking. So we thought, well, we could do this. So we finally started to vlog our vacation. So we still do the same kind of brick and mortar stuff that we did back in the beginning, where we talked to people about the basics, the do's and don'ts of cruising, how to save money, how to pack. But we also vlog our cruises all around the world and take our take our son with us. He's now 13 and getting to be a big boy. And he also does a little bit of writing for our website. Oh, which is it. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> He's always loved the written words. So we're trying to introduce him and we we still cruise as often as we can I actually have a full-time job as well got to keep oh those corporate benefits yeah <laughs> so uh, it's full-time job for my husband but um, we we really enjoy cruising and we find that it's just an awesome value 
yeah, I was just talking with one of my team members, Cami, um, and we were talking about uh, for a different podcast, achieving financial independence and using travel rewards along the way. But she was talking about how her first cruise, she was just totally blown away. Like this is a vacation, you know, like someone's cleaning my room twice a day and I don't have to decide where to eat at night. And, you know, there's infinite activities to entertain my kids, you know, and how that was kind of her introduction, even into vacationing, you know, in general. So certainly it's a, what a great job your husband has full time to vlog cruising. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it really is. It just takes you away completely. I think cruising is good for people who like that sort of escape. They don't want to think about, like you said, where to eat. They don't want to think about cleaning the room. You get really, really spoiled, but yet you kind of get a taster of all of the different ports that you're going to in case you want to go back and explore a little more on a land yes. vacation and have more time there, which I think is really a nice way to see the world in an introductory way. Right. And I'm a big fan. Like once you can learn how to fly free, you can check something out and then decide, oh, this is a place that we really like to go. And we do want to return here again and again and explore different aspects of it. So yeah, that could be a good, your cruise could be your introduction and and you could decide if you want to go back and spend longer than what an excursion would be. Um, so do you have a particular type of cruise that you like? Um, I know there's all kinds of different cruises out there. Yeah, we've cruised with lots of different lines. I think it's probably five or six lines at this point. So we've cruised with Carnival, Princess, Holland, America, Norwegian, MSC, and, you know, and Royal Caribbean, of course. We actually enjoy all of them for different reasons and at different phases of our life. We've cruised the most with princess cruises. Okay. And so my husband and I, before we had our son, we liked kind of that premium experience without so much the premium price tag. So for us, we're big princess cruisers. We also love cruising in MSC's yacht club concept, which is like a ship within a ship. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard of a Haven mm -hmm. on Norwegian, but one of those where you, you really get white glove service and a Butler, but it's affordable, more affordable than something like that on land. But as our son has grown, he's developed his own preferences too, right? So he's a big Royal Caribbean fan because who wouldn't want to do a surf simulator, a rock wall, right. go see an ice show. So for active families and for kids, you have lines like Royal Caribbean that offer so, so much. So I can't really say we have a favorite. We really like to dip our foot in a lot of different cruise experiences and destinations. But if we had to narrow it down right now, I'd say we've cruised the most with Princess and our son is just Royal Caribbean crazy. He also likes Royal Caribbean's private island, Perfect Day, Coco Key, which has an enormous water park with oh. some water slides for daredevils and it's just <laughs> laid out <laughs> yeah they're they're a little crazy they're no. a little intense um but that's a that's a fun thing too it's definitely not a it's not a relaxed slow you know sitting in a lounge chair kind of a vacation when you're on Royal Caribbean so lots of variety for us can you give any other guidance like if someone um maybe they're newer to cruising or they want to branch out beyond a particular cruise line like how they would decide what might be a good fit for them 
Yeah, absolutely. So if you think about the way that the cruise industry is structured, there's basically three big old categories. You have the mass market lines, like Norwegian Royal Caribbean and Carnival, where those are generally quite affordable. The ships tend to be quite large. And those ships are sort of fun. While some are more upscale than others, they generally fall into the mass market and value line. So if that's what you're looking for, and if you're cruising with kids, those three lines might be a good place for families to start. Mm-hmm. That's not to say there aren't loads of retirees and other types of people on those cruises. There really are, but might be a good place for families. Then you move into this, the, the premium mass market lines, which are going to be like Princess, Holland America, and Celebrity. So if you're maybe more of an adult style cruiser where you enjoy fun, but you're maybe more focused on cuisine, finer wines, a more refined atmosphere without the water slides, the rock walls, and all that stuff, those semi-premium lines are a great place to start. And then, of course, you have the more ultra-premium products out there like Oceania, Viking, Regent, Silver Sea. Those are going to be a lot more costly but have a lot more inclusions, and those are kind of more for the luxury traveler. So in terms of the cruise lines themselves, that's a good breakdown and how to know maybe where you fit but there are people who go back and forth between all three categories. You know, they mm-hmm. might do uh, they might do an adults only on Viking Ocean when they have a little extra money to spend and then go over to Carnival for, you know, a spring break cruise. So lots of different options. Is there are there ones that are better like for entertainment? Yeah, absolutely. Entertainment is interesting because you'll probably hear about some of the best entertainment on lines like Disney. I know you and I were chatting a little bit pre-show about Disney. Phenomenal. I mean, yeah. you cannot compete can with Disney. Disney. <laughs> right. You can't beat Disney's entertainment. So, and again, not just for families, there's a lot of couples and people who cruise on Disney who do not have children and find that they love all of the different amenities for adults as well on those ships. So don't think of it as kids only. Royal Caribbean really knocks it out of the park with their entertainment as well. And very much innovative and cutting edge entertainment from ice skating shows, Mm. full-fledged ice skating shows to water shows with high divers at the back of the ship that just completely blow your mind to traditional stage shows. So those two lines probably um, push the boundaries a bit, but they all really have phenomenal entertainment. Norwegian Cruise Line is actually known for their Broadway style shows as well. And they offer some Excellent, excellent things from Jersey Boys to many, many others that people can enjoy. It's awesome. Well, I know like some of the, I don't know, singers, dancers and stuff, they, you know, sometimes what they rotate onto cruise ships or they go to Broadway or, you know, that they, so you get that caliber, I would think of performer um, on some of those in some of those shows, I would imagine. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it can vary too. You can have the same show on two different ships and it could be a bit different, but yeah, some really good talent out there. So since this is all about flying free, let's talk about how you can save on cruises. So um, are there ways to save on cruising? It's already kind of an affordable way to travel, I think. And what are some of your best tips there? Yeah, there are lots of different ways to save money on a cruise. I have lots of tips for people, and I'll try to keep this relatively succinct. The first thing that you need to do is book with a travel agent, because contrary to what some people might think, they really do have the ability to help you to save money. Most of them do not charge a fee. They get paid by the cruise lines, but that's something that a lot of people do. Another thing that we recommend doing is booking early. Generally, the best prices can be found very, very early in the game when the cruise ship itineraries are just released. Number three tip, 
be flexible about your dates. If you take same the same flying free, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> you look at that rate calendar on when you're on the flight website on a cruise line, it's a little harder to do because they don't have that calendar that you can just yeah. pop up, but you can compare, you know, if you look at a two month span of time, you might find that a Caribbean cruise, let's just say September 25th Caribbean cruise could be thousands of dollars less than a cruise that's maybe Christmas or New Year's week. And that's partially because it's hurricane season in the Caribbean. It's a perfectly safe right. and acceptable time to cruise because if there's a storm, the cruise line is going to route you right around it. But a lot of people have just put their kids back in school. They're not traveling and they're worried about hurricane season. So mm -hmm. you can look at things like that. You could also look at very early season Alaska. So cruises start as early as April and May in Alaska. And what's funny is there's actually less rain. It's more of a beautiful time of year, especially May. It tends to be a drier time, but mm -hmm. yet people think, oh, I want to go in the summer, you know, June, right. July, August. It's way more crowded. It's way more expensive. You can get killer deals in Alaska in May. You can also bid on upgrades on a lot of cruise lines these days. So you could book, you know, even though we caution people about this because you should book the stateroom you want, but you could book a lower cabin category if money is an issue and take the opportunity on select cruise lines to bid up to another category if it's available to you. It's available on lines like Royal Caribbean and also Princess has just introduced it to where you can potentially get a good deal on a bid for an upgrade. So what does bidding mean? Bidding means that you book a cruise, but shortly before your voyage, maybe a month or so before your voyage, you get an email from the cruise line that says, hey, we have extra inventory in staterooms. Do you want to try to place a bid on getting an upgrade to a cabin category that's higher than yours? And if you do, you jump onto the website, you select the amount of money that you wish to pay if you are granted the upgrade. And if you're granted the upgrade, boom, you're in. You don't get to pick your cabin, but you get an upgrade. And generally speaking, it's less money. The cruise line will typically tell you what your chances are of getting the bid. So if you're, if you're thinking you can get, you know, upgraded from an inside to a suite for $100, the cruise line is going to say, huh, probably not, unlikely, <laughs> try more. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's a, a, something that's becoming more and more popular with the cruise lines is that bidding process. It's not really my favorite way of getting the deal, really date flexibility and using a travel agent are your best way of getting those deals, but it is an option. Yeah, and it does seem like um, using a travel agent is coming back around, I think. Definitely, I, I definitely see more and more people doing that these days. It went away once online came and you could book things direct. I think people are back to seeing the value of someone who knows what they're doing, you know, to get you the right. best deals. Um, so I think yeah. that's great. Especially with the pandemic, because what happened is the cruise lines all, when they restarted, they had incredibly long hold times. Some of them still do. So what would you rather do? Sit on hold or have your travel agent do it for no extra cost? That's their job. So I think people are really coming around in that sense too, is that when there are complications, you definitely want someone on your team. Yeah. And I mean, that like you want to save money, but there's also time I think is so right. important. And, and what we teach people to do too, like there's a huge time component involved here of the amount of time that you will save to just have a process to follow. And it's the, you know, what's your time worth? Like, I don't want to sit, I can't stand to sit on hold on the phone. If you want to torture me, <laughs> make me sit on a phone <laughs> for hours and hours waiting to get on with someone. Um, okay. So since we talk a lot about travel credit cards, um, do you have any tips, you know, for using 
cards to help you save or to let you earn points when you're booking cruises. And this is probably a separate question, but some, you know, like hotel loyalty programs and such will let you book a cruise. Like I think we were just looking at Marriott through Mm -hmm. their site um, Mm -hmm. and let you earn a big, bigger chunk of points for doing that. Would we want to do that? Yeah, absolutely. I think I would leverage anything, any knowledge you have. And my first tip would be make sure that you follow Lynn for all of her tips because she's way more of an expert than I am. That's where you start with that. Um, I think that there's probably a lot of different ways you could do it. Like you said, look for those at your existing loyalty programs, try to book through their portal and do that side-by-side comparison. Know the value of your points and know the actual value of the cruise by looking at the price on the website or having a travel agent give you a price and really think about your dollar for dollar. Am I getting a good deal here? You can also use, like you had mentioned, those purchase eraser type things, right? With like your Capital One card, you can you can use a purchase eraser. Perhaps you just use your credit card to buy the cruise and then erase it. Or lastly, you could consider purchasing your cruise through the portal on your card um, if that's something that you want to do. It's not something I've tried. I prefer to use my travel agent. I don't really want to book through the portal because I want that service of my travel agent. So I'm more likely to go with the the purchase eraser. Another thing that some cruise lines will do, which is interesting, is they will match your status that you may have in another area. So they might match your status if you are a a high member of a certain uh, hotel loyalty chain. So you might want to check that. Cruise lines like MSC Cruises will do that. Not all of them do it. It's actually very few. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something to check out and be aware of. I know that MSC's website does explain which um, which travel entities you could match with. So that could be good too. You could get some perks instead of necessarily points. Right. You could get perks on board just for being a member of that entity's loyalty program. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I would say too, when if you're going to use points, like think about two, would you rather use those points to fly? That's how I, I like to use my points to fly. So I'd probably do the same thing as you're saying, pay for it. And then if I wanted to erase it with a card like Capital One, that one, I can erase however much I want, you know, Um, I think that's a good tactic. And like you're saying, compare the value of your points with what you would pay um, and how you could use your points in other ways too. And leverage potentially the insurance benefits of your card, right? If you're if you're a Chase card holder, I know with the reserve, I get pretty significant travel insurance. Now that doesn't mean that you shouldn't book independent travel insurance or the cruises insurance, but just knowing that you have that supplemental insurance right. on your trip by booking with those cards, huge peace of mind in case something goes wrong. You could never have too much insurance. Yes, I agree. Absolutely. And both preferred and reserve. Chase Sapphire Preferred and Chase Sapphire Reserve have good, um, like it's not perfect travel insurance, but it's good supplemental travel insurance for sure. Okay. Is there um, a better time of year to book a cruise to get a deal? Um, and you've talked a little bit about, you know, when is the best time to actually travel, but is there a better time to book? There is a time of year when a lot of people do book and the cruise lines are pretty motivated to put out deals and it's called wave season. Wave season generally runs between like January and March. And if you think about it, this makes perfect sense because if you live in a cold climate, what's happening in January to March, you're freezing yes, and you're thinking us. it right out. Right. <laughs> so you're thinking where I got to get out of here. I need to book something. So 
you're in that colder climate, you're thinking, I've got to get out to the Caribbean, the Mexican Riviera, wherever it may be, the Mediterranean, and people tend to drop more spending dollars that time of year. So you will see the cruise lines typically offer some significant savings during wave season. I wouldn't encourage someone to wait and only book during those three months because there are always deals to be had with the cruise lines. And a good travel agent can also watch for promotions for you. And they may even have their travel agency, their host agency might get special deals that are never announced to the public that they can tell you about. For example, Disney has one running right now and Disney almost never, ever, ever does a sale. They have a kid's sale free and something like a 35% off, which is rare. And these are things your travel agent is going to tell you. So I would, I would, I would encourage people to look at wave season if that's the time of year that you're ready to book, but don't hesitate to book at any other time as well, as long as you're employing those other tactics, like comparing dates and making sure that those dates work for you. Now, of course, if you're a teacher and you only have summers off and Christmas and Thanksgiving and you need to travel at those times of year, that makes sense. You're probably going to just budget a little more. In that case, you'd want to book nice and early and you know, try to leverage that booking early strategy to get your best deal. And you said wave season is January through March? Approximately, yeah. You usually see it around New Year's Eve, sometimes even a little sooner, depending on where the cruise lines are. Uh, but typically it's that winter season. Yep. And what would be the best way to like stay on top of deals that cruise lines are offering? Is it to be on their email list or is there a better way? Sure. That's actually a terrific tip. Be on their email list. That's a great way to do it. They definitely don't mind selling to you directly. Of course, they, <laughs> right. they love travel agents as well, but they're not paying that travel agency commission when they when they email you directly. So there's a lot of motivation for that. And they'll generally email you quite frequently and you will get good deals. You can still get good deals. Um, you could take that email and say, hey, look, I just got an email from Carnival. They've got this promo. Call your travel agent and say, hey, can you get me the same price? Right, Typically right. speaking, they can, or, or they can even do better. So that's a good way to do it. Um, yeah, look at their websites, just be frequently looking at websites and also considering standby or last minute travel, Ooh. if you can, mm -hmm. can be an excellent way to get deals. Now it's not right for everybody because most of our lives don't afford that kind of flexibility, but if you can do it, maybe you're retired, mm -hmm. maybe you have a work from home flexibility where you can pick up and take off, those cruise lines will definitely almost always have last minute deals if they're not booking up. That's a good one. Um, so in terms of like, do you see certain common mistakes that people make over and over when it comes to cruising? That yeah, help oh. our listeners avoid. <laughs> right, absolutely. Choosing the wrong cruise line is probably the number one and the worst mistake that you can make because that's kind of irreversible, right? You're stuck on that cruise. Um, so knowing what cruise line is best for you. Um, booking a short cruise as your first cruise is typically okay. not a good idea. A two oh. or three night spring break cruise on a cruise line that's famous for partying when that has that is not something that appeals to you. So you really need to do some research and think about the type of line that is right for your travel style. That's one mistake. And could they find that on your YouTube channel, sure. get some more information about different cruise lines and what to look out for. 
Yeah, yeah. We've even made a video series that says, is X cruise line right for you? Where you can kind of determine that. Yeah, absolutely. You can even watch YouTube videos, just do general searches on a particular cruise line and see what it looks like when people are on that ship. Watch the vlogs. What are you seeing? Does that appeal to you or does it not appeal to you? That's the funny thing about the internet these days is people are going out there and filming their cruises. 20 years ago, can you imagine? You'd have no idea what to expect. And now you can actually see what it looks like, what the ship looks like, what the food looks like, what the crowd looks like. It's a, it's a wild thing. I was just talking with um, a colleague who was just on a Disney cruise and he was saying that to pick their cabin room, like they actually went to YouTube and were able to find the exact room. And there was something about that room that he had booked that didn't quite fit for his family. And he was able to make kind of a last minute switch. I thought that was pretty amazing. You could find the exact Isn't that wild? You can. People do. They film their staterooms. They put a whole entire video in and you might find there's something you don't like. Maybe it's too far away from the elevators, too close to the elevators. Maybe there's a big pole on the balcony. Um, Maybe the configuration is weird and you don't like where the kid's bed is. There's, you're right. You can actually see that stuff now. It's wild. But yeah, picking the wrong cruise line is the biggest mistake. The second mistake people make, I think is they overplan. They don't leave anything to sort of the imagination or the mystery, you know, it's your, maybe you're going on your first cruise. So you get onto message boards, you memorize the menus, you know what you're going to do every day. And really the whole point of cruising too, is to allow a little bit of relaxation and a little bit of downtime. So we encourage people to plan, but to think about not over planning. Um, Another thing is not getting travel insurance, huge mistake, especially these days, right? We're still in the time of COVID flight delays are rampant right now, right? Oh Oh, man. Uh, We have annual travel insurance for that very reason. Right. So smart. If you're a frequent traveling family. Yeah. You, I mean, you have to do something. So get travel insurance and make sure your travel insurance covers your flights. So you want that insurance from the moment you walk out the door to the moment you walk back in your door, or like Lynn said, annual travel insurance, if that makes sense for you. And then lastly, I think that another mistake that cruisers make is not managing their own expectations. I mean, we have to remember we're on a floating vessel here, right? And you are dealing with things that are out of your control, like weather elements. Mm. Your itinerary might change and you have to be okay with that as a cruiser. Storms happen political unrest can happen in an area Mm. and it's best to keep your expectations I don't want to say low because of course cruising is amazing and you should have high expectations, but you should also know that things can change. So I would caution anyone against booking a cruise for a particular port stop. So if Lynn was like, Mm -hmm. I have to go to Bermuda, Mm -hmm. if that, that could get changed. So we suggest kind of keeping a flexible mindset and embracing that Uh, we've had entire itineraries changed due to hurricanes out of the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. We were supposed to go to, um, the Eastern Caribbean and ended up in the Western Caribbean. Not a single one of our ports was the same. We had three port changes and had to cancel all of our activity plans, but we decided to roll with it. And you have a choice in your attitude when it comes to stuff like that, but keep that in mind. You're on a floating vessel. Things can change. You're subject to weather delays. There could also be a medical emergency on a ship that could delay you getting somewhere. And it does happen. Okay. So, yeah, I think those are probably the the top four that people make. 
and on well on your Caribbean one, but you got to see the probably the beautiful Western Caribbean instead, yes. right? So it's not like yeah. you didn't get to see anything. Like your whole trip was ruined, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we you know we had booked our uh, our excursions very carefully where they had a refund policy where if the ship didn't dock, they agreed to give you your money back. So we would always look for that when booking an activity in that uh -huh. port to make sure that you don't lose any money. And these these ports know. They're notified by their local port authority when the ship is not going to dock. So it's not, it, it, you know, they're not going, going to question you. They're going to give you their money back. They want to keep their reputation intact. But yeah, I've got to see other things and plan some last minute spontaneous things. And it actually turned out to be wonderful. Yeah, awesome. So when it comes to loyalty programs, a lot of the different cruise lines have loyalty programs, I think. So what are some ways you can take advantage of that? Absolutely. So all of the cruise lines have their own loyalty programs where you earn essentially points. Um, it's obviously different from airline points, credit card points, because you need to stick with that particular cruise line in order to kind of accumulate those perks and rewards. All of the cruise lines are completely different in the way that they operate, but they all they all are contingent upon you completing either a certain number of cruises or a certain number of days at sea with them. And you can start getting perks pretty early on with some of the cruise lines. You might, you know, you might start getting small perks as early as having cruised with them for two or three weeks. And once you start getting more advanced loyalty, you might get some really big perks. You might get discounts in the shops, free dinners. Um, some people's favorite perks are with Royal Caribbean. When you get to a certain point with Royal Caribbean, you actually get a certain number of free drinks every day, which might mean you don't need to buy a drink package mm. that could save you hundreds and hundreds of dollars on your cruise with that loyalty. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you should cruise with just one line. Yeah, you, you know, like, <laughs> right. Yeah. So what do you do? Do you play the field and kind of see who you like? We think you do. We think that you, you try other lines and don't stick with just one until maybe you find a favorite. Um, but in the beginning, we think that people should try two, three, maybe even four cruise lines, see what your style is, and then start building loyalty with a couple of them. Um, we have loyalty with Princess and Carnival. We're kind of making our way there with Royal Caribbean. And you really do start to see some of the perks, whether it's free bottles of water in your room, just kind of like a hotel, right? right. To advanced notice when there's a sale at that cruise line. Priority embarkation, priority debarkation, priority tendering. Some of them, you might even have dinner with a captain when you're way up there. There's a lot of good reasons to establish that loyalty, but not at the risk of trying other, other lines in the beginning. So you should definitely sign up for the program right from the get-go. Absolutely. As it is with any loyalty program, it never hurts to be yeah. a member because right. um, you'll never know if you might end up, that might end up being your favorite. Yeah. And they make it really easy for you. Some of them even auto enroll you. Oh, that's good. And so, in some cases, if you forgot to, maybe you didn't enroll, you can go back and claim credit for that cruise for a certain amount of time, not forever, but for a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of nice. That's kind of nice. Okay. How about for new cruisers? Do you have any tips for first time going on a cruise? Yeah, absolutely. Book with a travel agent. If it's your first time, you need the help. You, you know, it's, 
it's not easy to navigate all of the different elements of a cruise. You need to navigate purchasing your insurance. You want to navigate those flights, even though some travel agents are a little reticent to book flights right now. I would also recommend to get out there and watch those videos on YouTube. Look at blogs and vlogs about different types of cruise experiences. And also check out message boards. Um, for cruise travelers, there's message boards like cruisecritic.com, cruiseline.com, royalcaribbeanblog.com. All of those websites are great places to go and just lurk and check out what people are saying about different ships, different itineraries, different experiences. You will learn so much. You don't even have to participate, really. You just want to gather information. But really, using a travel agent, a good one, is a good way to really make sure that if something goes awry, that you have that support, especially now, because sometimes we're still navigating the health and safety protocols. If you're not vaccinated, you may still need to test, for example. Most cruise lines are allowing um, unvaccinated folks to travel now, but there's so many different elements that you want to take into consideration that a travel agent can help you. Right. So it's difficult to keep track of all yeah. of that now. It's different across every entity, um, what their requirements are. And I will say as someone who's, um, been on one cruise, that's why I'm not a cruise expert, but, um, like for me going on a cruise the first time was confusing, like how it all works. So, um, we do have a video inside our family's fly free membership that Cammy on my team, who's been on a lot of cruises put together on just kind of what you would need to know as a first time cruiser. Like I was totally thrown by the whole now, wait, I go to the same dining room every time and what, and there's a formal night. What do I wait? you know, just those kinds of things, which are probably just seem like you, you know, would never think about that if you're a regular cruiser, but, um, you have to kind of get get into the, the know of, of how it all works. Yeah. And then every cruise line is a little different. Mm -hmm. Like you were on princess where they're a little bit more of a traditional line yet they've introduced this new technology, the medallion that makes things simpler in some ways, but more complicated on the front end when you're trying to get signed up for your cruise and when you're trying to get um, checked in and it really and it depends on where you're going too. you you know you went over to Europe which is more complex in and of itself sometimes going maybe cruising out of like Miami or Fort Lauderdale can feel more simple because Mm -hmm. they see so many cruisers on a daily basis that they have it down to like this well-oiled machine so it's it's a it's a funny thing how it can be really really stressful sometimes and super easy other times. And we did like the, the whole medallion thing on princess was cool. Cause it was, I liken it to like a magic band at Disney world. But, um, my favorite thing about it was I could open up my phone and I could order a drink and someone would just bring it to me wherever I was on the cruise ship. That was pretty cool. Isn't that wild that you yes. could be in the library or at a, mm-hmm. at just sitting on a chair in by the pool and they find you and they're like, yeah, here you go, Miss Lynn. That was pretty here's magical. Your, yeah, it's pretty magical. Yeah. I love it. All right. Well, um, tell us, do you have a next cruise plan? We do. We're getting back on board with Princess Cruises very, very soon. We haven't announced it yet to our community. It's coming in hot, but we have not been on Princess for three years Mm. since the shutdown. So we are, we feel like we're going back home, Lynn. You know, it's like, just this amazing feeling of knowing that we're going back to the line that we started with. So we can't wait. And we're going to have lots of great content coming from that one too. Awesome. Okay. Well, tell everyone where they can find you online. Sure. A good place to start is our website, cruise tips 
tv.com that has everything there from our podcast to our course to tons of packing tips. You can even check out menus from cruise lines there. And of course, we're on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook if you just search Cruise Tips TV. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, for helping me with some, some cruise info and answering some great questions here. So everyone be sure to check out Sherry with all of your cruise questions and uh, we will catch you on the next episode of Families Fly Free. Thank you so much. And yes, don't hesitate to reach out to me and send me a direct message and let me know that this is where you found me. I always respond to my DMs. Happy to help you. Awesome. Thanks, Sherry. If you're ready to fly your family free forever, I invite you to join my Families Fly Free membership. You'll learn how to stop paying for airfare throughout the U.S., Caribbean, and Europe so you can make those priceless family travel memories before your kids or even your grandkids leave home for good. And you'll learn it using my simple, proven formula that's helped hundreds of families. Plus, it's risk-free. You either get your investment in the membership back in free travel, or I give you your money back. You can get more information at familiesflyfree.com slash join.